Arena, Oxford's definition. A level area surrounded by seats for spectators in which sports and other events are held. Fancy, eh? This is The Arena with Dave McIver and Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. I have a question for you, Dave. I'm listening. I know you're not a parent right now, but at some point down the line, you're going to want to be. I would assume. Maybe, yeah, maybe absolutely, you don't. Absolutely do. If you were a parent today, would you want your kids to know how to play one sport and specialize and get them to be the best they can be on that one sport? Or would you have them dabble and maybe try to play multiple sports? I mean, there's, there's pros and cons to both, right? Yep. I'm curious where you stand on that. Well, first thing I do, I ask them if they'd want to play sports. Hopefully the answer is yes. Being a Such sports... a politically correct <laughs> answer right off the bat. Uh, being a sports you know, player or a sports athlete myself growing up, uh, of course I want my kids to, to get into sports, uh, not only for you know their own enjoyment, but the enjoyment you get playing with a bunch of friends and you know mm-hmm. the relationships you build. But uh, if I had to choose and they asked, Dad, should I get into just, let's say, football or hockey, I'm going to say we should try as many as you want to try because from my experience growing up, it was the best thing for me. And some of my biggest regrets are the sports I quit. And I think that the most well-rounded athletes and you see the guys who, you know, play in the NHL. Yeah, sure. There are a ton who specialized, but some of the superstars, their main message is, Hey, I played several sports growing up. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be the topic for this week's edition of the arena. Oh, by the way, my name is Joe. I'm Dave McIver. And we wanted to dive into this whole uh, argument over whether or not it's important to get a kid into an academy to play one sport, whether it's uh, important to have a kid dabble in all kinds of things. Because I know a lot of parents are sitting there thinking, I get my kid in everything. And then you get that burnout because you're just running from place to place to place. On the flip side, you have those who want to specialize and the kid hates that sport by the time they're 16, 17, 18. And as someone who has been in that athlete's shoes, I'd be curious to know, is there a date or, or an age where you went, I need to start looking in one direction? Or or when did that all flip? Because I think a lot of people, especially as they get, uh, as soon as the kids get a little older, they're thinking to themselves, we got to start skinning some of these uh, peripheral sports off. I think when a lot of kids are going to run into the choice uh, problem will be either in grade nine or as they get into high school. Um, It's tough to uh, have academies, you know, sport academies from grade one to six, but they do start popping up from grade seven to nine. And, Before I say that you have to be a one-sport athlete to go to an academy, you don't. You can play multiple sports to go to when you go to academies, but a lot of kids who do go to academies specialize in one sport because that's what they're doing all day, and that's what they're doing away from school as well. So you run into that problem. And for me, when I was playing, I ran into the problem at 15 years old where as much as I wanted to play high school football, I was on the ice, you know, five times, six times a week sometimes because I was going to a sport academy and it, it, it happened to tie me down. Now, could I have played baseball in the summer? Absolutely. But you get that training program from that academy you're in and it ties up a lot of your time. It's a year-round thing whether you know, you're either going to school or it's the summer. It's interesting in a sense, and, and you and I have talked about this off mic, 
is the debate over whether coaches will actually allow for kids to play multiple sports. And I think this is and what I hope this episode also kind of shed some light on is maybe the need to open up some eyes on that front. And, and I, we've seen it. I I'm heavily involved in junior hockey, obviously, and, and Bantam football here. And one of the comments that we've seen from different parents is, or from kids who are trying to be multi-sport is they feel like they're going to get penalized for trying to play another sport. And in one particular example, I know a kid who said, uh, I can't make practice anymore. I'm going to have to quit football. And the coach was like, well, why? You're one of our stars. And the kid came back and said, well, my hockey coach said I can't miss hockey practice for a game, for a football game. And if I do, then I'm going to be benched for the next hockey game. And it's like you're you're actually willing to sacrifice that kid's possible future in football over a practice that I mean, realistically, how sophisticated are these practices going to be when it's and this is a bantam football aged kid, so you're looking at you know grades eight, nine, ten kind of thing. It's it's amazing how coaches can sometimes make it even harder on the parents and harder on the kids to make that decision. I lived it, Joe. I coached a uh, Bantam AA team in this city with uh, with one of the organizations. And our stance was always, you know, we had a couple of lacrosse kids on our team and they were really talented lacrosse kids. And our stance was, hey, if you got to miss, you know, uh, a hockey practice for a lacrosse game, go for it, no punishment. And then if you have two games at the same time, that's your choice. You got to pick. But there were other coaches in the organization on other staffs who said, if you go to your lacrosse practice, you're not playing the next game. And it hurts the kids. And to be honest, the coach who's coaching, you know, Bantam AA, is he going to be a pro coach one day? Maybe. But, you know, chances are none of my Bantam AA coaches are coaching in the pros. And they were great coaches too. And and, and when I had was coached in, in the same organization, I was allowed to play school sports and stuff like that. But it is turning into, you know, I don't want to say a business, but kind of a business with these kids who are not allowed to do two sports only because their coach won't let them. Well, and, and even beyond that, as uh, you hit on it, is is I think there is that aspect of the business side of it. This is now a year-round sport. It's no, and I don't mean to pick on hockey because no, I think no. that every sport is guilty of this, especially as you get into that we need to be one sport, one sport only mentalities. There's a ton of money involved in it, mm-hmm. and it's a lot of invested time as well. And and so you get that money and time together. And there's I think there's a lot of parents out there who feel that they they have to specialize and it doesn't necessarily have to be the case because you look at some of the success stories in in hockey and baseball and and we're going to talk to a gentleman from active for life coming up a little bit later on about the change it up uh program yeah and and how play more sports is sort of the the mentality there this isn't anything new by any stretch of imagination because it dates back to the gary robertses and joe newendikes of the world who played lacrosse and hockey. I mean, John Tavares uh, is heavily involved in lacrosse as well. So it's nothing new. It's finding that balance. And so it will be really interesting to dive into that uh, discussion and, and see what some of the the athletic directors are talking about when it comes. And it's interesting to hear even from a coach's standpoint uh, further down the line about how much discipline it takes to play the different sports and how they can they actually appreciate that a little bit more than those who have that tunnel vision because they were 
born on skates or born in cleats and didn't stop from the age of, you know, coming out of the womb to 18, 19, 20. And that's what we're talking about today on the arena, the specialization of sports and how it's affected parents, athletes, and coaches, and how kids can still do multiple sports and be successful in what they're doing. I'm Dave McIver. He's Joe McFarland. We have two great guests coming up for you on the arena. You are listening to 770 CHQR. We'll be right back. You're listening to the arena with Dave and Joe on 770 CHQR. The discussion today is all about specialization in sports, especially for our young people, because part of the issue is burnout. Part of the issue is whether they're being too spread out because they're playing too many sports. And Dave, you're an athlete. You were an athlete. I don't know if it would. Do you want to call yourself still an athlete at the end of the day? No, no. You know what? I will. I'll take it. (laughs) Now that I think about it, I'm like, well. What am I going to be called if I'm not going to be called an athlete? I think the other option is lazy. So, <laughs> yeah, I'll and you, you you're me an reti- athlete. a retired athlete. Yeah, a retired athlete for sure. I think a lot of you've lived through this. Uh, I lived through it only in the sense of I didn't play a lot of sports. Like I played high school football and, and you dabble in stuff, a small, small town kid. But you see it now more than ever. And, and being involved in junior hockey, you see a lot of kids who are, are facing that decision at 17, 18, 19 of – Do I continue down this route? Should I be planning for the future? All that kind of thing. And that's what we want to shine the light on today. And the big issue that we want to dive into is that specialization. Is it really important for you to specialize to get your kid to the next level? And I think we found a couple of guests who are going to help us out and find that answer. You're right, Joe. And as you said, and as I said in the first segment, you know, I was a multi-sport athlete, quit my sports young. And I did get burned out from hockey at 17 years old. Now, it was because I was only playing hockey. There were some other factors that went into it that, you know, it was 13 years ago. I don't need to get into. But (laughs) it it does happen. And it was the fact that I was playing one sport and I had no escape from that sport. I was only playing that sport. So like you said, we do have two great guests coming today. And uh, we'll welcome one of them now. Playing more than one sport made me a better striker. A better pitcher. A better defender. Better passer. Playing different sports. Improves teamwork. Creativity. Confidence. Confidence. And motivation. So change it up. Playing more sports will only make you better. 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 In your own sport. Joining us now on the arena is the managing director and editor-in-chief of Active for Life, Richard Monette. Richard, thank you so much for joining us today. Truly my pleasure to be here, guys. So active for life and change it up and play more sports, all of it all in one handy dandy little package. But for those who've never heard of you guys, what is active for life all about? Okay. Well, active for life is a privately funded, uh, not for profit initiative. And our purpose is very simple. We want to help Canadians raise physically literate kids. And what that means if a kid is physically literate, is that they've acquired the skills, the confidence, and the enjoyment of being active. So that's what physical literacy is all about. And uh, to do that, we created ActiveForLife.com, and it's a free website. And um, on, on this site, parents, educators, coaches will find fun activities, articles, free resources, get kids active, healthy. And, you know, active kids are usually happy kids as well. 
Mm-hmm. Now, Active for Life, a big partner in playmoresports.ca and the hashtag change it up. Uh, talk a little bit about the, the reasons behind joining this initiative and why you guys feel like it's important to sort of divvy up the sporting experience for, for our youngsters. Well, the bigger picture is, you know, kids today don't move as much as they used to. So there are the kids that don't move enough and then, you know, they spend too much time playing video games and so on. So we're trying to get those kids moving. And at the other end of the spectrum, there are kids that are active, they're involved in sport, but too often those kids tend to specialize in one sport too early in their life. So, uh, you know, this is a big issue, uh, it, you know, specializing too early, like, for example, a seven-year-old or eight-year-old kid who only plays hockey through, you know, through summer, winter, fall, and so on. What often happens is that either they get really tired of the sport or they get injured. So we're trying to working with the national sport organizations, we're trying to make parents aware, as well as coaches and minor sport association, that playing more than one sport, especially before puberty, is much better for kids. Uh, It ensures many benefits for the kids. Richard, are we seeing now, you know, with specialization happening over the last 20 years, uh, are we seeing now the kids are becoming way more burnt out on a a greater uh, number of kids as well? The numbers seems to indicate that, and, and it's not only the burnout factor, is that let's say that you grow up playing baseball and that's all you do. You play baseball all the time and uh, you get tired of baseball when you're 14 and you drop out. Often, if you've never learned another sport or other skills or developed other interests, you're not just dropping out of baseball. Kids usually drop out of sports and physical activity altogether. So that seems to be the trend. Like the more, more, more kids get burnt out, tired of the sport, and then when they drop out, they seem to, uh, they seem to stop moving and being active altogether. Is there a bit of a, a mental health aspect to all of this as well, Richard? Uh, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, kids like, I mean, you're probably like me. When you grew up, you probably played every game you could. Uh, <laughs> you probably got outside and spent as much time play um, games like uh, tag or kick the can as you did organized sports. So that's the nature of being a kid. It's being active, it's moving, but it's also experimenting with all kinds of different activities and develop, developing all kinds of different skills. And, and the more skills you develop, like balance, agility, speed, strength, and, and so on, uh, how to throw a ball, how to kick a ball, and, and all those things, well, it opens up all these possibilities. I mean, very few kids become professional athletes, so it's good to develop as many skills as possible and then have as many opportunities to do different things, active activities as you get, get older. Well, that's just the thing, too, isn't it, Richard? Like, I, I grew up playing hockey at a high level, and I played with one guy who made the NHL, and uh, he's still playing today. But I played with, you know, hundreds and hundreds of hockey players. And are we starting to see with, or are you guys starting to see that change where kids are starting to get the message uh, that they don't need to specialize? You know, this is, this is a good segue because this is why we, we worked with these, uh, these sport organizations to promote the multi-sport uh, approach. What we're seeing is, um, is, is it's changing at the top level. So, you know, 
the the higher levels of each of these sports are, are realizing that they need to help kids do more than one activity. Where we're see, and we're also seeing another change at the grassroots, where more and more people are becoming aware of why and how it's better for kids to do more than one sport. But what has not changed yet, or has just started to change, is the structure at the grassroots. So you still have coaches that, you know, they're trying to keep kids one in their own sport for the entire season as long as they can. They're almost competing with other sports to keep kids. Uh, you still have some parents who really want to push their kids in one sport. And then at the same time, you're, you're starting to see more and more parents trying to change the system at the grassroots, trying to get to to get kids to do more than one sport. So we're really in a transition right now. And this is why this campaign uh, came about. It's really interesting that you you segued into my next question, which was all about, it's, it's not necessarily all about the parents or the kids that have to buy into this. It's also the coaches. And we were talking a little bit earlier about how sometimes coaches will penalize their kid we're missing a practice to go to another sports game or to take part in another sports game. What, what in your mind needs to change from that grassroots level? Is it a matter of maybe slowing down the number of practices? Is it slowing down the number of games? What, what do you feel is going to be uh, sort of the thing that, that helps the organizations out at the end of the day? Well, I'm going to share what I call maybe uh big ideas, but the number one thing that needs to happen at the grassroots is that everyone understands, like every different sport and activities, uh, physical activities, organized physical activities, understand that we're all actually trying to achieve the same purpose, which is to get kids moving and to get kids to have fun and get kids to have a safe and, uh, you know, amazing sport experience. That's organizations that sports are not competing with each other. We're all in the same game. So that's the kind of the bigger idea. And then after that, the second thing that needs to happen, I think, is that at the community level, at at the local level, um, we need organizations like minor hockey, minor soccer, minor baseball, and so on, to talk to each other and maybe try to make it you know, try to look at their schedules and try to make things work together. Uh, you know, if we remove the problem of competing schedules, then we're already achieving a lot. You know, then a kid who's seven years old can play baseball and basketball if he or she feels like it. When you've got scheduled, conflicting schedules, then you can't. Then it becomes a nightmare for parents and the kids involved. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Richard, uh, thank you so much for the insight. Uh, we appreciate your time. Thank you so much. And, and uh, all the best in, in making getting the message out there for Active for Life. Thank you very much. And uh, I just want to say one last thing in closing. We're really proud of this multi-sport campaign because it's the first time that the four major uh, team uh, sports and associations in our country work together. So kudos to baseball, basketball, soccer, and Aki Canada to actually have the gumption and the courage to work together and try <laughs> to start initiating some changes, some positive changes. Yeah, it was great to see uh, a young lad, Mike Soroka, as part of that program or part of that uh, that advertisement that you guys have. And uh, it's nice to see a, a Major League Baseball pitcher uh, in on the program. 
Absolutely. So I uh, thank you for your time. Really appreciate it. Coming up after the break, we have another guest to talk about specialization. This is The Arena on 770CHQR. And follow us on Twitter, The Arena YYC. This is The Arena with Dave and Joe. And not just any old ordinary Dave or Joe, but Dave McIver and Joe McFarland on 770CHQR. Impressive. Now, our next guest, Jeff Ovens, he is the co-owner of Global Sport Academy, a sport academy in Calgary and Airdrie. And uh, one thing that I've realized, Joe, uh, as going to an academy in grade 10 and also uh, just, you know, seeing how people look at them being a hockey coach is that often parents, sometimes athletes, sometimes coaches look at academies as, you know, a specialization in itself. But, you know, and I think what we're going to hear here with Jeff is academies don't just focus on one sport and they don't just focus on the athlete uh, in that sport. They focus on the mental side of it. They focus on, you know, the off-season side of it and the other things you can be doing in the off-season beside that sport. Uh, But a big part of it is they don't just focus on the athlete. They also focus on the coach and how the athlete is being coached by that coach. And I think that when we talk to Jeff, we'll understand what they're trying to do and fix the misperception that these academies are just for one single sport. Well, and I think the other thing too is is go, diving into that mentality aspect. And like you said, with the with the coaches in particular, we talked about it a little bit earlier on, is there are coaches who think you have to be that one sport star in order for you to be the star down the road. And that's not necessarily the case. You can't have tunnel vision when it comes to being an athlete. And I think this is going to be a very interesting conversation we're about to have. Without further ado, let's bring on our next guest, uh, Jeff Ovens from Global Sport Academy. Yeah, thank you for having me. So we'll start off with what is Global Sport Academy? Because everybody talks about the different academies that we have across the city and, and across the province from baseball to hockey to basketball. Now I see there's a, there's a new academy po- popping up there. Global Sport Academy seems a little bit more sport-oriented rather than single sport-oriented. So give us a, kind of the Coles notes on what you guys are all about. Absolutely. So you know, from a micro perspective in terms of you know, in the marketplace, uh, we run school-based sport programs, um, grades 7 through 12, in multiple different uh, sports, including hockey, golf, uh, and a multi-sport at Springbank Community High School. Um, we do spring training programs with our Sticks Hockey Academy, um, as well as doing some summer training options for, uh, for older student-athletes. Um, but from a, from a macro level, we're attempting to change youth sport. Um, we believe that a lot of um, what's going on within youth sport right now is, is broken and it's actually uh, hurting the longevity and the passion that young kids and families have for their sport. And so from a macro level, we're really trying to shift the way that we look at youth sport and how we uh, execute it. Let's expand on that last point for a second, the the, uh, the broken system that is sport. What is it that's kind of changed? Has it been because of the specialization, or do you think that kids are getting burned out because people are trying too much all at one time? Yeah, I think there's a lot of factors that go into that, and for every single family, it's it will be a little bit different. But, you know, having across North America a catastrophic drop of about 80% by the time somebody reaches 13 from dropping out a youth sport, whether that's soccer, baseball, hockey, whatever that sport is, um, I think some of the main factors would be um, 
uh, how we train our coaches and how we train our parents and families on how to approach sport. Uh, I think that uh, specialization at too young of an age has, has a massive impact. And then I also think that the pressures that these young kids feel uh, on, you know, attempting to be high-level athletes uh, is, is very draining. And I think, you know, you can see increased mental health issues. Um, you can see, you know, uh, um, kids making bad decisions around their peer, their peer groups and how they approach school. Um, so, you know, we, we really want to, like, increase the passion that everybody has in the game and, and maybe shift the goals a little bit um, from, you know, having somebody make it to ensuring that fun is always the paramount goal. And how important it is to you guys, or is it to you guys, Jeff, when, you know, a kid comes up to you and asks, you know, I want to be a hockey player, but I also want to do these other things. Is that possible? You know, what's your message to a kid who, who has a question like that? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. You know, what's funny is that that, that question doesn't come up very often. Um, uh, the, the number one question we get is, you know, how can my, uh, child or how can I um, make the NHL or how can I be drafted in the Western Hockey League draft at 14? Uh, you know, very seldomly do we get those types of questions. Um, but when we do, uh, uh, we encourage it. Um, we, we think that, you know, I think the science and the data behind it supports it. Um, I don't think that the business world and in, in this marketplace, especially in the city of Calgary, they, they actually don't support it. Uh, but we, we very much encourage it. I, I think there's some cool stats here that I looked up recently, you know, one of them being in Rio in the most recent, you know, Summer Olympics, over 90% of medal winners were a minimum of three sport athletes. Um, and the science says that really like sports specificity isn't really valuable until after the age of 16. So you think of some examples of, you know, a young golfer who golfs right-handed for his entire life, golfing right-handed and becoming used to that, um, they develop a lot of issues in terms of the biomechanics of how they move um, that can create some injuries later on in life. They lose that creativity from multiple sides of uh, playing in other sports because they've only, you know, hit a golf ball from the right side. Um, you know, and, and so, you know, that, that they develop these one-sided skill sets. And, and if we really shift things to building people first, athletes second, and sports specialists third. I think you're going to have families and kids enjoying sport more, staying in sport for longer, and then giving back to the game and creating this really positive snowball moving forward for future generations. You said uh, something that kind of you know irked me a little bit, and it was uh, the parent that comes to you and says, you know, how do I get my... 13 or 14 year old to the NHL or to the WHL draft. And I feel like, you know, that's kind of the misperception when people look at academies, Hey, I can send my kid to this Academy. He'll make the NHL when really you guys are trying to make these guys more well-rounded than just this one sport. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and I think, you know, first and foremost is that the large majority of parents, it's not about, you know, how do I get my kid to be a pro? So I think that, you know, there's a misconception that parents live vicariously through their children and trying to help them become professional athletes. I, I, I truly believe that, you know, their actions are based on their love for their child and them wanting to, you know, give them every opportunity to be successful in what they love doing. Cause you know, kids love hockey. They want to play hockey year round. And even when it's, they're eight years old, 
you know, I'm sure the parents just want to say, okay, like I want to, I want to help you achieve your goal. I want you to do what you love. And, and so I think that the intent is very much honorable, but I, I, but I think what, what gets lost is that, you know, of who the adult is and who's ultimately the one making the decisions um, that's best long-term because um, we've seen it lots and you know, every single example is a little different, but we've seen it lots where, you know, kids do become burnt out and they do lose their passion. And, you know, I think the mental health issues around young people identifying their self-worth and who they are on one thing. And then when that thing's gone, I think that's where a lot of issues stem from. So I guess two parts to your answers to your question is one, like, is, is I just don't think parents are educated enough. I don't think that they know the data and that they're, they're just trying to, you know, help their kids uh, do what they love. And and the second one is I don't think that coaches or the athletes aren't educated enough um, around the science behind all this. And it's really exciting to see, you know, the American Academy of Pediatrics and the U.S. Olympic Committee and uh, the National Strength and Conditioning Associations, these big associations within North America actually – uh, funding research on this to provide the uh, concrete science. We're joined by Jeff Ovens with the Global Sport Academy here in Calgary. And Jeff, I had an interesting conversation with a, a young athlete out of Edmonton not too long ago who is excelling in both hockey and baseball. And she said one of the things that's really allowed her to develop her hockey game is understanding to get over the fear of failure. Uh, because with baseball, it's, she she even called it a sport of failure. You know, you you're getting paid to strike out every so often, right? You're ne- you're never going to hit a thousand. Um, and she said she brought that into her hockey game. And I wonder, from a global sport academy perspective, how much the mindset goes into what you guys are teaching because you guys are obviously involved in the school aspect of it as well and getting kids to take their academics seriously. So I'm wondering what that, how that plays into what you guys are trying to get across to your, your kids. Oh, that's, that's a great question. So when we started sticks hockey, which was our spring programs, um, we looked at the marketplace and it was very heavy in, you know, the age six through 13, really nothing afterwards like spring hockey stopped Mm -hmm. when we believed it should start so we started sticks hockey for kids 14 years old or older and each year the program shifted depending on how old they were and what we thought was best for their long-term development and most recently uh two years ago we actually got into younger spring hockey which was for peewee and adam age players and but these are baseball hockey programs so it alleviates the issues of crazy scheduling around spring times where somebody wants to do a spring hockey program but also a team and we just do it all in one we play uh or we have one professionally run baseball practice a week one professional run hockey practice a week and then we go to two hockey tournaments and two baseball tournaments with the same group and when i was deciding on which sport to kind of launch this with baseball was number one because i felt that a lot of hockey players that I work with, they're perfectionists. They're really hard on themselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they they just are overachievers in everything they do, and they just expect so much of themselves that, you know, in baseball, you know, if, if you get three out of ten in terms of your batting average, you are a massive success. And so dealing with failure was one of the number one reasons why we chose baseball over hockey, because we believe that baseball is very much a mind sport um, and that, 
one of the weaknesses that we have in developing great creative hockey players is that it's a physical sport. Um, so yeah, I think that's a, that's a great analogy. My, my vision would be one day for younger kids is to be able to join a global or sticks program where we have our own league and we play, we have our own tournaments, internal tournaments where we have baseball, soccer, um, hockey, and maybe a, a Ryder cup golf tournament, right? It's all in one and it's all one program so that, you know, we're, we're forcing the multi-sport um, into the programs and into our customers. Jeff, a, a great conversation. We'll end it there. Thank you so much for your time and sharing your insight on uh, sort of the specialization versus uh, a wide palette for sports uh, is some great insight. Thank you again for all your time. Yeah, thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. That's Jeff Ovens from Global Sport Academy. We'll be back to wrap up this conversation about specialization in sport on the arena here on 770 CHQR and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Here's Dave McIver and Joe McFarland, and you're listening to The Arena with, you guessed it, Dave and Joe on 770 CHQR. Welcome back, everybody. Time to come up with some final anecdotes, courtesy of our our melons, Dave McIver, Joe McFarland, along with you here on The Arena, and some really great conversation that we've uh, we've been a part of over the last hour. Uh, Dave, any thoughts on, on what we've learned thus far? Well, just, uh, you know, the, the thing that was really encouraging to me was, uh, you know, when Richard Monet said, the thing that was really encouraging to me, Joe, was when uh, Richard said, you know, Hockey Canada, Baseball Canada, Canada Basketball, Canada Soccer, all on board to get kids playing more sports. And, mm-hmm. we know, we've, you know, we've lived it. We've played amateur sports and quit amateur sports and and specialized and, and all that. And it's tough when you do all that and then you look back, you, you don't really know how to pass on that knowledge, which is why I love this, you know, this radio form we have right here to pass it along mm-hmm. because it is good. And, you know, that's what stuck with me is not only is there a, a, an organization out there that's trying to get kids more active, you know, singularly, it's the four major sport organizations in Canada that are on board that realize, hey, we can still win world junior hockey championships with kids who play baseball in the summer or, you know, the FIBA basketball championships, you know, Canada won last year. You know, we can win that with guys who play, you know, tennis or volleyball. That's what I learned. And that's what I liked about today's show. I, I found it interesting. The part about how many Olympians uh, had taken part in right? more than one sport up to the age of 16. And, and for most part, three sports yeah, like that. It, it's and, and again, we understand the cost aspect of things right like that's going to be the inhibitor unfortunately at the end of the day but if you can find a way to maybe have everybody dabbling in stuff and then that allows you to find that that thing that you're really really good at right and and I mean I was the same way growing up just in my professional life was I was allowed to kind of dive into different things I wanted to be an accountant when I grew up right and everybody has that opportunity the unfortunate thing I think over the last few years is We've sort of set this weird precedence where kids need to have their futures planned out in front of them 10 years ahead of where they should be, right? Like by the age of seven, you shouldn't know, hey, this kid's going to be a hockey player. Yeah, right? exactly. Or this kid's going to be a basketball player because this, you know, you go through growth spurts, which is one of the biggest issues facing athletes ahead of the age of 12 or 14 is, you know, how many kids do you see get drafted in the WHL who go through a growth spurt and they can't stick handle to save their lives anymore? Well, I, I, I played with several guys. I never got drafted in the Bantam draft, 
guys who I played with who did ended up by 16 not being that good of a skater and mm. the last team that was thinking of them was the team that drafted them into the dub draft yeah. and it, you see that all the time and that's like the biggest thing for me is when I played hockey growing up you know there was a time when I was one of the best players but guess what three years later I wasn't anymore I was just one of an at av- one of the average players and mm. that's what happens so for parents you got this superstar hockey player at 13 years old. Well, he might get caught by some of the other guys when he's 16 years old. Well, and the other aspect on that one too is how big of a fish and how big of a pond are we talking about, right? In in any sport, right? You may be an all-star baseball player out of Calgary who's lighting it up here, and we've all seen it, yet when they get out to the bigger pond, they get out to Canada wide to, they go to nationals, they go to little league world series. And then they realize their fastball isn't that fast. Yeah. Right. There's, there are those aspects to it as well. And so it's, it's a little short sighted, I think in terms of trying to go after one sport and go, I mean, if you want to go all in, I mean, that's your own, your own, uh, you, that's what you want to do. Go for it. But it is a little bit short-sighted if that's the the money maker at the end of the day, right? Yeah. And the other thing, the other thing I took away from from today's show was the buy, as you said, the buy-in from the different organizations. A lot like the respect in sport yep. idea is you got to get the coaches on board, right? Like the parents can be on board, the player can be on board, everybody's all happy, and then all of a sudden you got a coach saying. Nah, sorry, if you miss practice, you're not playing in that game. That's what I loved what uh, Jeff Ovens said. You know, they are not only educating kids at their academy, they're trying to educate coaches as well. And that's the that's that's half the battle, like we said. You know, I've I've been in the situation where I've seen other coaches not let kids play hockey because they miss lacrosse. Mm-hmm. Uh, or sorry, not to, not play hockey because they went to lacrosse. And it's just so frustrating when you get a coach like that, I'm sure, not just for the kid, but for the parents as well. And if we can get coaches educated and get them more open to, you know, maybe not having that championship season because your kid went to lacrosse, or I shouldn't say championship, maybe not have that first place season and you end up finishing third or fourth because that kid who was playing lacrosse went to 10 games or 10 practices in October and September when the hockey season was starting. Or think of it in a different way, right? Where you go, if this kid misses one practice a week so that he can take part in, let's say he's a lacrosse player and he's being told he can't go to hockey, letting him go play hockey actually allows to build that self-esteem and make him a better overall player then maybe you move up from being a third-place team to a first-place team. Right. Like there's that side of it, too, where, you know, the and all of a sudden it doesn't feel like work for some of these kids, too, because they're actually enjoying the game again. And you heard both guests talk about the burnout, mm-hmm. right? The burnout is such a big factor for these kids, whether it be at the end of the season or, you know, four or five years down the road after specialization. It's they're seeing it. The science is already saying that kids are getting burnt out mm-hmm. and it's mostly because they're so focused on one sport rather than spreading themselves out. But you're right. They can get burned out from spreading themselves way too thin as well. And I think that's going to be an interesting topic for another show. And and Dave and I have talked about this off the air 
is this is going to be sort of an ongoing theme, I think, for a few weeks here, a couple at least, because one aspect is the burnout aspect. And, I, and I've got an interesting story that I will share next week about a junior hockey player who decided to step away from the game, took a couple of months away, and he was rejuvenated. And I, that's as far as I'm going to go on that one. But then the other aspect of it is, especially when it comes to diversifying your palate, is planning for the future, right? Like, and, and it's a really timely discussion given a young lad from the Calgary Stampeders deciding to retire at the tender age of 25 or however old Andrew Buckley is. But it goes to that point of when, you, when you've got an opportunity – you go take it. But if you don't have those opportunities in front of you because you've gone single frame, single one track mind, you don't have those opportunities in front of you. And I think that's what's at the core of this is it doesn't have to be multi-sport, right? Mm -hmm. You can focus on one sport and have hobbies like, Golf. I know golf's a sport. That's what we say, but it's more oh, of a you're game. Gonna, okay, you know so that's okay. another show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is golf, golf a, a sport, sport or a game? <laughs> but let's say you know you don't have. It's tough to become a competitive golfer, mm-hmm. right? Go- golf can be played as a game, mm-hmm. and it's hobbies like that, or you know, a science hobby, or you know, uh, a math hobby, something like that, yeah. an, an, an academic hobby. There's lots that can be done where you're not at the rink every day. You're not at the field every day. You're not at the pitch every day. Like when I coached hockey, Joe, uh, Joe, I think there was four or five kids on our team who sometimes would be on the ice nine times, eight times a week. That's more than there is days. Like that's, that's where I think the education is, is coming in now with the, with the organizations we talked about today. Well, and I, I think the other thing too, when you have those situations where a kid is on the ice or on the field or wherever eight times a week, is there a plan in action for if things go belly up? Right. Plan because B. yeah. And that's, that's going to be a big factor for a lot of these kids. And I think, and to the point that I was making with Richard is mental health has become such a big aspect of, of what we're talking about on a day-to-day basis And we had the incidents, especially in hockey, where uh, whether it's suicide or that kind of thing, where a lot of people would say the kid only knew how to play hockey. And once hockey was taken away from, you don't have that support system in place anymore. And that's what this is about, is making sure that we can uh, give kids that uh, outlet when they become adults and understand that, hey, there's going to be a life after hockey or after sport. You're right. And I'll speak right from personal experience here. I played hockey from the time I was five years old till I was 22. And when competitive hockey ended at 22, I was a little bit worried about what the heck I was going to do because I didn't have a plan. I thought hockey was going to last forever. And it does in a sense. You get beer league and you get, you know, rec hockey after you're done, but it's never the same. And Mm -hmm. I'll tell you people that right now, it is never the same as what it was when you were younger, because that competitiveness and that, I guess, goal at the end for that team is 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 gone. Mm-hmm. And I think it is a good segue into our next show with not giving too much up, Joe, that <laughs> there is life after, but you need to start planning for that life before the sport or before mm-hmm. you're done playing the sport. And that's not to take away from what you're trying to do in sport no. either, right? And, and I've had some interesting conversations with kids who are playing American college baseball and they've all said, you know, we, we've got that backup plan in, cl- in case the majors don't come calling. It's not to diminish the fact that I'm going to go all in when I'm playing baseball down here, but that's why I'm going to college 
right? I'm, I'm taking an economics degree and, and that kind of thing because I know at some point down the line it might be taken from me. And or I might just say I've had enough and away you go. And I don't want to be stuck in that situation. I think kids are getting smarter about it. Like these are 20, 21, 22 year old kids who are telling me this, which is a good thing. I just hope that the parent, their parents, as we get older, are starting to realize this as well. I do want to throw this out there because we didn't do this last time. Yeah. Uh, we do have a Twitter account. We do have a Twitter account. Yeah. The Arena YYC is where you can find us. Uh, you shoot us a, a message. Let us know how you think about the, what you think about the show. Uh, also, I did want to point out as well before we wrap this up is it was interesting. I did a poll on there and 74%, 76% said they want to see their kids play more than one sport. That's so a, great it's, it's a great number. It's a great sign. I think we're seeing a, a tide turn and maybe discussions like we've had today will help keep that conversation going. This has been The Arena. I'm Dave McIver. And I'm Joe McFarlane. Don't forget to check us out. We are on anywhere you can find a podcast. You can find our podcast, The Arena YYC. Like Joe said, check out our Twitter. And if you you have an idea, feel free to message us. Thanks for listening. You're listening to 770 CHQR.